You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 225, Merry Wintervale. All Things Azeroth is sponsored by Game Time Zone, your place to go for game time, credits, or loot codes for all of your favorite games, even beyond our own beloved WoW. If you haven't bought Cataclysm, look at GameTimeZone.com for your copy, emailed right to you. If you're in need of game time for a while, check them out for your 60-day game time cards via PayPal or Google Checkout, just $28.99. That's all at GameTimeZone.com. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And welcome back to another episode of All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros, and with me I have not a wild shade, sadly. Shade's voice is un- unsatisfactory, un- incapable of doing a show today, I suppose. So instead, I have our good friend, our segment creator, Skullnick. How are you doing there, Skullnick? I'm doing great. How are you this evening? I am doing excellent, and you know what? I can't even tell that's you in that intro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even. I I, I, I listened to it. and I'm like, I, I want to see if I can even tell even a hint that that's your voice. And no, not a single giggle. Not, 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 never, not a single hint that that's your voice. So, excellent <laughs> intro. Uh, so, so yeah, folks, welcome back to uh, all things Azeroth. Um, as I said, Shade is not feeling very well. Ironically. This week and next week, we'll have two different sets of co-hosts, because uh, Shade's not here this th- this week. I will not be here next week. Uh, Shade will be uh, joined by Matt McCurley of WoW Insider uh, to co-host with her next week while I'm out of town for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sadly, no giggles today, unless you'd like to try. You know, feel free to try there. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll let you, you, have, to, you have to rate me as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> I will let the, I will let, I will let the uh, the sh- the uh, chat channel uh, rate you on that because yeah. Anyways, uh, so how was your week been there, Skolnick? It's been pretty good. I think uh, I'm really looking forward to this week. Uh, other than it being the holiday, I have some extra time on my hands, so I'm getting ready to get into the game a lot more. I spent a lot of time the very first week, and then uh, with some work commitments, I ended up getting uh, rather busy the, the the second half of the week. So I really haven't been playing as much as I wanted to. So. It's really I'm gearing up and getting real prepared for the holiday and for more more of Cataclysm. How about you? Have you had the opportunity to really get get your? I know you have many different characters. Have you been able to get them up to to level or at least get into the instances you wanted? I actually have not gone into any uh, any Cataclysm instances yet on any of my tunes. Uh, I did get my Druid up to eighty three. Good, right? And you know, one of the funniest thing about uh, my Druid is. My druid has still not finished up high Joel. Wow, has but, barely done two. two has done two or three quests, basically to get sea legs in Vashir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, basically between herbing and archaeology and lots of rested XP, uh, yep. my uh, my druid is pretty much almost uh, eighty-five. So I fully expect my druid will hit eighty-five in Vashir. 
I think which I found is incredible. This, yeah, I think I found the same thing rather surprising that I know that they were offering us a lot of a lot of quests and a lot of different places to explore, but somehow I thought that I'd be able to see all the zones, almost incomplete all the zones, and be able to level myself up to 85. But just like you said, I'm finding that I went through Hydral, um, Deep Home, and I'm pushing 84 with one of my with one of my mains, and I'm thinking that I'm not going to be able to see all of Fashir with this character. So this is a very good thing, but rather surprising at how quickly the, the experience points with rested XP uh, built up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, when you are doing your archaeology or your, herb, you know, herbing for my druid or whatever mm -hmm. gathering professions you have, sure, the XP you get from that does count towards your rested XP. So yes, it does burn through your rested XP, but it also does give you extra extra XP, even though it doesn't say you got this much XP and this much of it was rested. So. Mm -hmm. You are getting a significant more significant amount of XP just by you know gathering um, between that dailies and everything. I, I've got uh, I've got a lot, and honestly, I really enjoyed Vishir on on Medros. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the one zone I didn't enjoy the mo very much on Medros so far is Aldum. Okay, and that was primarily because the phasing was really jarring. Mm -hmm. There were a few points where it was it was a bit of annoying trying to actually get where I wanted to be. Uh, sure. In the phasing, uh, and some ore nodes were really, really frustrating me. So, mm -hmm. and is it mostly that? Is it? Is it the Harrison? Other than the phasing, did, what did you think of the whole Harrison Jones theme that kind of ran through it all? Was it okay, or do you think it's going to get old? I think that after this, they need to to retire Harrison Jones. Yeah, a great bit of pop culture reference in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they started him off, I believe, in Zalaman, and they've kind of you know, kind of led him along through there. I think this is his apex. I don't think they should bring him back again. Yeah. I think this has made people really, okay, that's good. That's done. He's done. Let's mm -hmm. move on to some, bring somebody else in basically. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But over for the most part, other than maybe just that one zone being a little bit off-putting in, in areas, I think the, the, the Cataclysm expansion has been wonderful. I think it's been really good and I'm really looking forward to digging into it more. Definitely, it, it's the, the the expansion is really awesome. I've really enjoyed playing my worgen. I've really enjoyed playing my my priest until he hit Outlands, and then the kind of the 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 experience is a bit jarring, as many people have said. Basically, going from the new vanilla world to the yep. old stale Outlands world, it's very jarring. It, it's you know. Oh no, Deathwing's here. Oh, but let's go kill Illidan first. Oh, he he's after he's he died before yeah. Deathwing. But <laughs> yes, yep. It's very very jarring for for me and I know for a lot of players. So it's it's been said um, many times. I think yeah, agreed. So my my plan for my priest going through Outlands is get in get out as quickly as I possibly can. <laughs> um, you know, use up my use my rest XP as quickly as I can. Um, get to sixty eight as soon as possible and. Um, and just get out of there. It, honestly, if my if my priest could, I would probably you know gather my way through, and and stuff. But my priest is a tailoring enchanter, therefore there's no gathering available mm -hmm. to level with. So if I was a gatherer, I would definitely just gather my way through. And the XP is pretty substantial. I mean, a very good uh, substantial amount of XP you get for the gathering profession. So it definitely is a it is a way to level if you're willing to do that and you have yeah. the means to do it. Well, yeah, like what I'm planning to do. 
uh, for my priest gathering is to go with archaeology mm-hmm. and uh, work on archaeology as much as possible, get as high as I can and, and much XP with, I can through archaeology, and then just work from there. The nice thing about archaeology, too, is as you mentioned, uh, it looks as though the Blizzard is really taking some time to adding, you know, focusing and retooling and, and uh, retuning the archaeology live in the game now, so I'm liking that, too. For sure. it's uh, It's been a really interesting thing to see like they, they did do some tweaks and they actually did a buff where you're actually getting more fragments for each find you have and for each uh, uh for each archaeology blob I call, as i call them <laughs> and it you know as everybody in the chat channel has said so far uh, while we were talking about it in the pre-show mm-hmm. archaeology is very addicting yes agreed I, I i definitely have enjoyed it my druid is now up to almost 200 Malgara in our chat room was actually advising that people go with fossils more than anything else because those are the ones you get the really cool stuff like the mount and the pet from. So uh, people may want to look at that as a, as a definite option for, for their characters going through. Mm-hmm. For those who haven't really had the opportunity to, to check it out yet, as, as you're mentioning, that the, the nice thing that Blizzard has done within the last week is when you used to check your main map and fly out to the, the main dig site and spend your archaeology surveying in the dig site, you were, be, you were limited to three different um, digs at that time. But they've now expanded it to upwards of, what, three to six? Well, um, it's actually not the number of dig, uh, the number of surveys you can do per dig site. Mm-hmm. It's how many fragments you get per, per archaeology find. Okay. Um, you used to be able to get two to three. Now you get between three and six. So they're really turning it into the mechanic that you're more familiar with, maybe with mining, where you hit the mine yes. and they hit the vein and you can pull out multiple ones. Yeah. What I have found is, on average, I'm getting 10 to 15, basically, fragments per, um, and at 200, you know, when I was hitting 200 and and doing a lot of the the, the higher vanilla levels to, to get my archaeology up, yep. um, I was getting, a, you know, four to five per um, per strike, on, nice. on average. So Very nice. Definitely. So, um, before we do continue on here, um, I do want to talk a little bit about our sponsor, and that sponsor, of course, is GameTimeZone.com. They're a really awesome place. We all need game time. We all need credits for whatever games we play, we be they WoW, Lord of the Rings, Warhammer, or whatever. And GameTimeZone.com is the place to go. Now, not only that, but they also have your expansions. If you want to get Cataclysm, they will have you you can buy it from them they'll email you the code you can enter it and upgrade your account right away no having to go to the store no have no having to wait in any lines or uh wait for boxes to get in now of course this is not going to ha- give you a box you don't get the box with this this is just the code but it's much like the digital download if you are looking for game time like i will be in the next uh, month or so if you are looking for pretty much anything um one of, actually one of our winners from the contest we had last week. They're actually going to be, because they're in the European in European servers, they're actually going to get a 60-day game code. So it's a really good service. We definitely want to recommend, uh, no matter where you are, if you play World of Warcraft, you should definitely check out GameTimeZone.com. And there should be a link in our show notes where you can get any WoW game time you want for a really good price. So... If you want to check them out, it's, I believe, $28.99 for a 60-day game card. I know that's a lot better than I can get it for here. Even in U.S. dollars, that's only like 20, only $31. I pay about $40 for one of my local stores. So definitely check them out. That's GameTimeZone.com. And we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. 
Well, Skullnick, what do you say? Let's take take a moment away from the show and okay. play someone from Skullnick. How, how do you like that? That sounds good. This guy talks a lot, but we'll, we'll listen to him anyway. Well, I, I hear he's got a really good, uh, really good uh, entry this week. So okay. well, let's see what Skullnick has to say. Let's check it out. Warcraft Less Traveled A World of Warcraft time capsule dedicated to the exploration and discovery within WoW. Cataclysm's fossilized raptor mount and rare fishing treasures. The holiday season. Nothing means more this time of year than family, cozy fires, togetherness, and, of course, the re-gifting of Azeroth's lesser-known cataclysm mounts and fishing treasures. Okay, I know the practical possibility of wrapping a full-grown raptor in Christmas paper and a red bow may not sound like a good idea, but today let me highlight some of the rare finds that you'll find around Azeroth that we can all ask Father Christmas for. With all the recent shattering changes and additions, there's a lot to discuss, so let's jump right in. First off, there's a rare fishing treasure called the Tome of Polymorph Turtle that was originally a rare drop from Gazronka, the Hydra boss in Old Zul'Gurub. And with the shattering, Deathwing proved that he disdains trolls by eliminating Zul'Grub and Gazranka. Thus, it was feared that the Tome of Polymorph Turtle was also vanishing from Azeroth forever. Yet, never fear. This rare treasure has been rediscovered. This level 60 mage item allows casters to learn an alternate turtle form for their polymorphs. In addition, this spell randomly creates turtles with one of three different colors, red, green, or turquoise. The price of these tomes have always been very high on the auction house due to its rarity and feared extinction with Cataclysm. Yet all fishing anglers in Cataclysm today have an opportunity for this rare treasure by pulling the Tome of Polymorph Turtle out of upper level fishing pools. Simply find spawning pools in some of the higher zones such as Twilight Highlands and patiently wait for this rare item to appear. Although a Blizzard Blue Post and a couple player experiences have confirmed its existence in these pools, there's currently not enough data in game today to identify the drop rates for these rare items. Although the tome moved its drop placement in recent weeks, there's another fishing treasure that is completely new and extremely rare. It is called the Shatterscale Mightfish. This bind on pickup item requires level 85 and can be used as a high DPS one-handed weapon. And to me, nothing says holiday cheer or looks classier than dual wielding a high rate instance with a fish. The Shatterscale Mightfish follows a history of previously known one-handed fish weapons, which include the Dark Herring, Steel Scale Crushfish, and Rockhide Strongfish. It is so early on in the expansion that exact damage, buffs, and stats are not completely known for this. Yet if based on similar items, expect an interesting battle effect. Currently, all the major WoW fishing sites I have explored have no official report of this fish dropping yet. Its existence is only known as a result of data mining, and is fueling the fire for many anglers to be one of the lucky few to hook this secretive fish. And knowing that using it as a high DPS weapon to fish slap one of Deathwing's minions will make others happy, please keep the Shatterscale Mightfish in mind as a perfect holiday stocking stuffer. You know your guildmates will thank you. Not all new rare items are unique to we, the proud salty fishing anglers of Azeroth, but a number of new riding mounts have been recently introduced and are not necessarily secret, but may not be obvious to the casual leveling explorer. Today, we'll look at one of these that's called the Fossilized Raptor. It requires level 40, a riding skill of 150, and this mount is a rare item that can be unearthed by all players as part of the new archaeology profession. 
The fossilized raptor is constructed by assembling 100 fossil archaeology fragments. Unlike the more common fossil items that you might see, which include the devil sawtooth or shards of petrified wood, instead, this fossilized raptor is completely rare and random. There are some reports from players that are obtaining this raptor by only having a skill in the mid-200s. And if you are one of the lucky few who happens to dig up this fossilized raptor, you'll be pleased to know that this fierce skeleton ground mount has great sounds and animation. This rare item is only one of a number of spectacular things that can be pieced together through the very new archaeology profession. And I'm looking forward to learn what additional items are unearthed, and what new treasures that Blizzard may decide to introduce into the game in the coming year. Please send all your show comments and questions to warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com or listen back to the show archives at warcraftlesstraveled.com. My name is Skolnick, and until next time, remember to travel safe, be kind enough to leave Santa a cup of ice-cold milk and plate of conjured mana cookies, and leave only footprints. So Skolnick, what do you think of what Skolnick said there? Uh, I think he's he's somewhat off the mark. Quite often, so... (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think I, the whole thing is I, I'm really excited about archaeology. I think that it's, you know, I've, I've always liked fishing and the, the the possibilities of being able to fish something up. And I think that they've really stumbled across something that they could really build upon with archaeology. There's the the, the, the ideas are endless. You, you can definitely piece together just about any epic item or, or, or some type of a sequence like that. I really like what they've done to the game. I, I do like archaeology. It's a lot of fun to be able to go around. And like I've always said, it's just geocaching and wow. And I love geocaching in the real yeah. world. So yep. it's it's a uh, it's a secondary profession after my own heart, without mm-hmm. a doubt, without a doubt. Yes. So we do have some news to talk about. So let's get on with the news here. And now the news from around the world of Warcraft. First off, what do you think about the uh, the fact that Blizzard reset a lot of passwords because of the Gawker hack? Well, it it kind of highlights one of the things that is just all too common on the net. I mean, I guess it comes about with, a, I guess, Gawker. Many of its affiliated websites uh, were hacked. Blizzard was very concerned that uh, the password that may have been used for one of those accounts could also be simultaneously used uh, as your Blizzard login, which is... Uh, all too common an occurrence in in website and password maintenance today, so it's definitely you know, it's definitely something to be concerned about. But it highlights something that I think plagues a lot of people. They use the same password for many of their different sites, whether it's banking or World of Warcraft. So I think there was some confusion. Correct me if I'm wrong. That you know, Blizzard was actually sending emails out to try to warn people to say, "Hey, this is something that you you need to be concerned about." And I think it was it may have been a sloughed off as a spam, <laughs> standard spam, but um, I think the most important thing to always remember is go to your Blizzard, um, lo- log into Battle.net at all times, and if in fact uh, your Battle.net account has that information stating that you have to do something to your account, only then do you trust it. I'm, I was a bit surprised that they did like forced resets on people. Mm-hmm. I assume those were accounts, though, that were primarily without an authenticator. I can't imagine they would actually have forced a, a password reset on somebody with an authenticator mm-hmm. because that is their two their their second level of authentic uh, of uh, verification. Absolutely. And you don't really need to reset the password because if somebody doesn't have the authenticator code, they're yes. not going to that that Gawker password is not going to be any use to them. Correct. And I think maybe that's what they implied is that it's, it's everyone who did not have an authenticator. So, unless you had already had plans tonight to uh, 
to follow up with any other spam that's in your inbox to help some some prince in the uh, in another continent with their their money holdings into your bank account. I, mean, I definitely think that following their directions is definitely the right thing to do. And the Gawker hack was really disturbing with, you know, how many essentially throwaway passwords there were. Mm-hmm. But it really, anything that was a password there would likely have just been a very easy to guess password yep. for anybody. I mean, one two three four five six is not a hard password to guess, but. <laughs> Really, who really cares if people can log into my Gawker account? Yes. You know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the same thing would apply, just like you mentioned, is if, in fact, they don't have an authenticator and your password that you're using for Gawker is 123456 or password, that same person might use the same type of ill-fated password for Blizzard. And I don't think it takes Gawker or the exposure that Gawker had to have any hacker hack a site Blizzard-wise. It's the same thing is going to happen. They'll, they'll use a st- standard, basic, generic password, and we'll be able to crack it at, at Blizzard as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. I really think that anybody, that the majority of people were probably using better passwords uh, for their Blizzard accounts, though. You bet. I can't imagine ever using anything but a very secure password for my mm-hmm. WoW account. Right. Uh, but then again, I, I'm one of those people who knows that um, you know a WoW account has more value on the black market right now than a credit card number does. So. Mm-hmm. You bet. It's really something you have to very carefully watch. And uh, if you did notice that you can't log into your account, just uh, just contact Blizzard. I'm sure they'll be happy to help. Yes. What did you uh, What did you think about the fact that? Uh, uh, do you have an alchemist out of curiosity? I do. Okay. What did there's two two big alchemy uh, stories this week that I thought found really interesting. The first was the change to the vial of the sands. Uh, where it is now a BOE item. Okay. What do you think about that change? It's good. I don't think... I really don't have an opinion at this point. I'm, I I think that buy not equip allows it to uh, to be used by others, and I think that it allows, at least allows it to be non-specific to the person. And I, I find the same thing with jewel crafting. There are certain things that I can I can craft for myself, but... Sometimes I have items that I think, boy, this this is something that is specifically designed for me, the jewel crafter. But if I could only give this ring, if I could only give this specific item to someone, one of my other characters that can clearly use it, I'm hoping that this type of a change would, would allow it to be useful for the other characters that are on your account. What do you think? I would like if it was BOA instead of, uh, you know, and, and, you know, not consumed. But I suspect that the fact that it's essentially this expansion's version of... The, uh, the the mortar bikes they had for Wrath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're going to see this be something you can use on all accounts. I think it'll just be a or all, all characters on an account. Yep. It's going to be a, a one-time use thing. Um, um, I do like that they, you know, it seems like when it comes down to professions that you can make money off other people, alchemy is one of those that you can make a bit of money off of selling potions and elixirs, but not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now that we have this, we actually have something we can make a lot of money off of people. Mm-hmm. If the market stays strong for these, yes. if people get into bidding wars and, and the prices get lowered to the point where, basically, if I if somebody wanted to pay me less than $40,000 for this mount, I would say no. Right. Because the mats, the, the, the buy from a vendor mats alone are about 29000 gold worth. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to sell it for a lot of gold just to make it worthwhile to make one. 
I think you're going to see, though, um, it's it's pretty evident already right now that the, the prices and the, the availability for gold is skyrocketing. And so I think that really the amount of, the amount of money it's going to cost to get the mats and to eventually sell it, I think the money's going to be there. Supply and demand is going to eventually, the first few that trickle out there are going to be very, very expensive. But as people's pocketbooks grow and their, their gold is going to make it so much easier to pull these items in. I think it's going to definitely, there'll be a market for it. There'll be people who are willing to buy it and will have the money to buy it. So it's a good thing, a good thing for Alchemists to at least have the ability to open it, open them their their crafting beyond themselves and to, to, to try to make money with it too. It's a good thing. For sure. Now, we also got uh, some clarification on the Living Elements Transmute. Yes. Um, Originally, the living elements was was said to be random, mm -hmm. but we got confirmation that depending on the zone you do it in, is is sometimes dependent upon, or sometimes decides the result. Okay. And the the way this works is if you are in Aldum, you get air. If you are in Hygel, you get fire. If you are in Deep Home, you get uh, earth. And if you are in Vashir, you get water. Now the the way the reason they did this is because it really makes sense. I mean, what's the big thing about Hygel? Well, Ragnaros, fire, and it and it, it it just proceeds from there. I mean, it's really sure. the the theme of the zone is what decides it. Now, I don't know if I really see air as being a big part of Uldum, but they do have the the sky stuff there. So mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> which is really bad. Skywall. There, that's what this is. Um, but. Uh, it is uh, it is good that they do have that option uh, to actually decide what you want instead of going for a random. Mm -hmm. I do like the ability to say, "Well, I'm running a bit low of air, so let me let me head out to Uldum and do my transmute there." Yes. If you do it anywhere other than those four zones, the transmute will be random, and any procs you get from a transmute specialization will be random no matter where you do it. Mm -hmm. So if you have the transmute specialization, if you, you say you proc an extra five, that proc will be random. It could be one of the four elements. Got it. And uh, for those who aren't alchemists, that requires a uh, uh, 15 uh, volatile life for uh, for each of those transmutes. And of course, on a 20, or on a once a day cooldown. So you want to talk a little bit about Winter Veil, Skolnik. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about that? Winter Veil. Um... If anyone hasn't had the opportunity or has kind of ignored their jumping in to, to try the Winter Veil and to try to get their, their, their achievement, this is the time to do it. Um, I know that I, I, for a number of years, the, the holidays would come and go. I'd start to do a couple of, the, do a couple of the, the quests, do a couple of things, but never really seriously took, took advantage of each of these achievements until last year. And so I'm just reminding all the players that if, in fact, you haven't had the opportunity to get started, this is the time. And really, the the winter one is a good one to get started in because, other than taking some time, there's nothing too difficult where you have to be max level to get it done. The three different quests that ends up being a little bit of a difficult state for each of the uh, each of the players that are going to try it is if someone's not familiar with PvP, one of the actual uh, achievements that's required that you need to do for this is to turn yourself into a Santa's helper through one of the major cities machines that the, the gnomes have created for you you jump into it and you turn into a santa's helper and you can jump into the battlegrounds and you have to i believe if it hasn't changed from the previous year it's going to be a 50 honorable kills and so for those who aren't familiar with the uh, player versus player battlegrounds this is a good time good opportunity to get involved you're going to have a lot of people that are similar to you 
that are, are new to it and getting this achievement gives you a taste of the battlegrounds and uh, will get you the achievement but ultimately another one that ends up becoming a little bit of a, a difficult for some of the new players is anyone who hasn't done the burning crusade quest where you actually have to fly over using a reindeer to do a bombing run that is one that's going to be um, somewhat challenging to try to actually try to find the actual starting place of the quest but my guess would be for anybody who hasn't had the opportunity please try to do it get get yourself into one of the starter cities pick up the quests and try to try to do what you can to get the uh, winter achievement done have you uh Medros, do you actually do the the questing to try to get your your meta achievement for holidays not really the meta um i'm not a huge quest like i'm not a huge achievement junkie um i do try and get some here and there but I don't spend a lot of time trying to get those, unfortunately, no. Okay. I know that um, one of the quests uh, ends up becoming the, the, the bottleneck for this one, if there is one at all, is uh, one where you actually have to used to run two of the Lich King heroics, or the, even the normal mode ones, where you'd have to, at the first boss drop, drops a green winter hat or a, I think a red winter hat. So it's you find a lot of people in the battleground or in the uh, the instances the five man instances will start run that and try to get through the first boss and the boss drops one hat for the five players so that is one of those that you might have to grind for a while but it's it's yeah uh, I'd say you should probably try to give it a shot because if nothing else if you get through the winter and you get through the the Valentine's Day one and the Easter one the, the nice thing is at the end you get your Violet Proto Drake. Well, I, I've gotten a hat on several of my tunes. Um, I have a lot of the clothes, and I, I mean, I do go after some of the stuff, but I don't like PvPing, and I know some of them do require yes. some PvPing. Um, I'm not a big fan of some of the raid ones that are mm -hmm. part of the meta, and it really, it's not really the kind of thing I, I, I aim for. Sure, uh, sure. Because generally, when I want to do something like that, it that takes a lot of time. I usually don't get around to doing it all. Which really, really angers me. Yeah. But, I mean, at some point I will likely get the, that meta achievement and uh, get the Violet Proto Drake. Or probably after they've, after they've removed it or something. <laughs> They'll advance it to something different. But I think it's it's always nice. The, the winter holiday seems to be a, a nice introduction one. Where it's, other than taking some time, and I know we're all busy doing the Cataclysm things, but it's there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of strangely difficult achievements but it ends up becoming just more of a time thing you put a little bit of time and and hit some of the, the things that need to be done kissing certain people under the mistletoe you can get it done and, and be uh, happy with the results what do you uh what do you like most about the winter veil stuff like what what is the one thing you what you enjoy the most I'm trying to think i think early on it was one of the first times they introduced it into the game i took the opportunity where you had to find go to the different cities to uh I think one uh, to find the different uh, people to kiss under the mistletoe and that for me there was a couple of the pl places that were far away off the beaten track that I hadn't hit before and I really enjoyed visiting and saying oh well, this is how I get here and this is the this is the city that I hadn't explored before and it was really early on in the game and I really enjoyed kind of that exploration and the, the discovery of these zones that I hadn't uncovered on the map yet I like that and I'm trying to think the one that was always fun is it's changed this year, but one of the achievements is you have to take a snowball if you're Alliance, and you used to have to go to Thunderbluff and throw it at the 
the uh, unfortunately the uh, the leader that is no longer there. But this year you have to throw a snowball and hit Bane. And if you are uh, Horde, you have to take a snowball and take it into a Moradin and Ironforge. And that's just cute, fun little things like that make a make the holiday interesting. But all, all parts of it seem to be nice. It's it's festive. It's it's not a very difficult type of achievement this year. It's gotten increasingly easier to do do the, the do the achievements this year. So yeah, have they changed the fact that you have to throw one at at Magni? I, I thought I'd seen that they hadn't had hadn't updated that, so you throw, have to throw it at Muradin now. Muradin, yes. So they, they have had, updated that. Okay, that's one of the changes they had to do is just because of the the leadership had changed, and so that that has changed from from last year. And I think, as I mentioned, the uncovering a couple of the costume pieces that you have to gather from the instances. It used to be Lich King Heroics, and I, I haven't run it this year for sure, but I've, I've, I've read some places that they're saying that some of the items are dropping from Stone Core and from Blackrock Caverns, which is a, definitely a change, which means that if, in fact, that is the only place that some of these pieces are falling, if, if in fact, that's the case, then that means that you're going to have to be 80 or above, that you might not be able to... to to, to get in there as a 78 or 79 into some of the, or, or lower, for some of the previous Lich King-based instances. So I'll probably have to check it out and see what, for sure exactly what the, the rules are this year. Moving along here, Skullik, you were with me on this past weekend on the Group Quest podcast. You bet. And we talked a little bit then about um, what Ghostcrawler posted about tanking and threat. Now, you have a tank, right? I do. Do you want to kind of summarize your thoughts on that post as a tank? Because I have a tank, but I I started tanking in Wrath when it was a lot easier. Right. I haven't really tried to tank yet. I'm mm-hmm. afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I think. I, I, I looked at uh, – the, the, there's a blue post from Ghostcrawler, and uh, he had a nice lengthy um, outline that was labeled you – know, talking about the concerns in the game today about tanking. That's Does threat needs to matter? And I, I think that – he was trying to head off all the concerns that the WoW community was having and try to find a best way to address them all. And he tried to outline that if, in fact, he made threat management too easy, the game might be boring. And if it made the threat management and trying to, to, to keep threat too hard, then tanks and the, the parties would become too frustrated. So it was a really... try to outline that it's a definitely a balancing act that he's trying... that Blizzard is trying to make with tanks. And they realize that there is some difficulty currently in the game but highlighting three main components that with this with this expansion everybody has to be patient and relearn that there are the three components about running these instances which is you got to mark the targets you got to do some crowd control and it's okay to interrupt you have to try to learn those type of almost relearning what i think what we kind of forgot within the last year so i think a lot of the five mans i i I personally i fell into the same same trap that you'd queue up for a lot of the heroics, and it was really just AOEing, and easily you didn't need to, to, to mark anything. You didn't need to crowd control anything. You can clearly annihilate everything that was that you're in your path. So I think Girls Crawler was trying to put on a, a very good explanation that we have to be patient, that we have to almost relearn our classes and relearn that it's going to be we have to be, have some patience here that as long as we try to stay focused and try to make sure that each of our roles are important, 
If you're a DPS and you come in and you don't follow the tank's markings, and you start to completely, as he, as he uh, termed here, nuke one of the other uh, mobs that's there, it's going to pull. It's going to pull threat from everybody. And I think that it's it's not it's not the tank's fault, but it's all about communication and trying to work as a team and try to relearn the mechanics of walking through and going through the normal and then eventually the heroic modes. And uh, so I think that that was what he was trying to do is just say that Blizzard understands that there is concern in the community and it's understood, but also to be patient and try to work together. Now, know that you mentioned that you haven't run as your tank, but have you, and you, uh, you mentioned earlier in the show that you haven't done any of the instances yet, but from what you've read from him, do you think that it's it's a good line that he's taking that to state that we understand, but it's really a reset on how we're running the normals and how we're running heroics? Well, it, it definitely takes a lot more patience. You definitely earn your title now. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, you you have to, it takes a lot more patience. Yeah. It takes a lot more um, research to know as a tank what you're doing, what you need to watch out for and what to do and you need to be able to put up with people who don't do the right thing people who like you said who just sure start nuking before the tank can even get threat um that's kind of what i'm afraid of in, in tanking um that's why i if i do run for at least the first my first time running any instance i will be doing it as a as a, as a dps it may be a a, a half an hour yeah you know, delay in getting in, but I want to be able to see those dungeons and see those encounters as a, as a DPS where what I do, not that it doesn't matter what I do, but if I don't do the right amount of DPS, it's probably not going to wipe the group. If I, as a tank, don't get my threat generator off right away, that's probably going to affect the group. And I don't want to do that. So I will probably, when I do get in and, and start doing some tanking, I know I'll wipe. I know I will cost repair bills. But gold is very easy to make in Cataclysm, so I'm not overly concerned about that. Mm -hmm. I think this is the best time, uh, in a way, even though you are... There's I, there's definitely some concern about wiping and, and everything, but I, th I think you're going to get both both camps. You're going to get the people who enter the group, and if you're not going fast enough, they'll drop group. But in, in a way, good riddance. And I think you're going to find a, the other camp is very helpful. I think everybody realizes that everyone's kind of learning these instances. Everyone's very patient. I found that there's a people are willing to take the time if someone hasn't run the instance before, you just ask, this is my first time here or I don't remember that this boss fight and people have been pretty good about trying to detail exactly what's there and and there's no time than no better time than now I think to get to get started again. I see a lot of priests like uh, Maticus and other priests on Twitter Right. Who sit there and say, yeah, I had a run. I let X class who just couldn't get with it die. And you yeah. know what? I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. And I understand that perspective. I understand that, you know, writers in our chat room is actually saying uh, the same thing. Basically, you have to put all of all your heals on the tank. If you can spare a heal for a DPS who's, who's low, great. But... Otherwise, you need to you need to have your focus on the tank. Yes. To me, if I was to explain it in in a in a way that I would understand it myself, is basically dungeon he like heroic healing right now is basically very much like raid healing. 
Mm-hmm. Your healer as a folk, your healing focus has to be the tank because that's the guy who's going to keep you alive. Yes. DPS, great. They'll they'll get the fight over quicker, but it's not going to require you to do it. Yeah. You know, aren't required to heal anybody else at this point, and that's really the way it should have always been. I think. And I think ultimately, just this this new mechanic or this this new thing we're discussing about the threat and tanks and the the fights themselves. This is all a good thing. I personally am really excited that it is challenging because I think challenging equals ultimately fun. I I I get very bored if in fact we walked in and I knew that the first time I entered Stonecore, if we took all five bosses down without any difficulty, what's what's the fun in that? And I think that it's really really a good thing that they're they're introducing some of the raid mechanics into these five man instances. I mean, of course there's always don't stand in the don't stand in the fire <laughs> and crowd control and all the stuff that and don't stand where the the black spots are appearing, but it's all about making it challenging, making it interesting and making me try it again and and think, okay, this time can I get through without wiping the group <laughs> or try to do it better, do it quicker. And I think that it's the challenge is exciting and it's it's a very good thing. It's not People are worried, but I think it's it's ultimately it's going to be a good thing. The way things go from here is definitely going to be an interesting progress of, okay, we have this challenge in front of us. How do mm-hmm. we best handle it? Yep. Um, and it's, it's going to be very interesting. I'm curious how groups will deal with it. Uh, it is going to be a great challenge, and there will be a lot of people who may give up. Um, a lot of tanks who grow tired of groups wiping because the DPS couldn't, you know, keep their spells in their pockets for five seconds. It you could know? happen. I know a lot of people who, when and it's not that it's not that they don't want the challenge. They don't want the challenge when they have to do that challenge with somebody who can't understand. They can't open up with the big guns right out of the gate. Yeah. And a lot of people really don't get that. And it happens quite often, but yeah. I think that it's just a situation where the de- the game has changed. A cataclysm has introduced um, a, sort of a return to pre-Lich King, or what we've become accustomed to in the last year uh, with the Five Mans. And it's a good thing. And it, it, change is always... People are sometimes re- resistive to change, and people will forget what we'll get through this and people come become more familiar with each of the instances, the raid fights or the, the, the boss fights and things will be fine. Rudder actually brings up uh, leap of faith, which actually reminds me uh, Maticus on Twitter the other day was mentioning that he actually leap of faith, <laughs> one of his uh, raid mates to death. Uh, Cause I guess he was on a, on a cliff's edge and uh, leap of faith them and they kind of went past him and off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. good. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've actually noticed, speaking of raid mechanics in, in Five Mans, I've actually noticed uh, when I was leveling through Vashir and a couple other uh, zones on my on my main paladin, that actually, there was actually like raid mechanics in, you know, questing stuff where there was mobs that would do the, you know void zones on the ground type thing mm-hmm. and stuff. So 
it seems like Blizzard is trying to train people as early as they can and as often as they can. Yes. That those purple things, they can hurt you. <laughs> you best not stand in them. Don't stand even in them. Even with 130,000... Ex- Sorry, even with 130,000 hit points, when those are doing 20, 30,000 damage to you at a time, if you stand in one while well, yep. you do that five-minute DPS fight, mm-hmm. guess what? You're not going to last. If it's glowy and sparkly and at your feet, move. Yeah. Unless it's from your priest, then you should yes. stand in it. <laughs> Very true. But I mean, this isn't this isn't the the threat or tanking episode. But I did want to kind of talk about that because um, I think that tanking is something that is going to be a very interesting, um, a very interesting thing to adjust to, and and adjust as both tanks and as every other you know role in the game to learning how the the new way of properly tanking is going to be and how to best do that. Yes. Yes. It's going to be a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of energy, but hopefully we won't have to go back to, you people over here can do that, but all these other people can't, so we got to make it easier. Mm-hmm. I love easy fights. I learned to tank on easy fights, but I know a lot of people want more of a challenge. Um, there can be easy fights. I think the normal mode should be easier, but the heroics should stay very, very hard, so that... Absolutely. No matter how much you outgear that instance, it's still going to be a challenge for you. But Definitely. that's just my perspective. Yeah, it's, it's all about learning uh, which buttons to push uh, at what time, instead of just mashing all the buttons at once and just knowing that no matter what order you're going to do it, it's going to bring the, the boss down, bring the trash down. And so just it's just working smarter and becoming accustomed to what's there. And it, it, it'll all work out. Yeah. Uh, in, in the end, it'll, it'll have to be something we will have to uh, adjust to. And I do hope that we do, as players, adjust to it so that yes. Blizzard doesn't have to, with the next expansion, make really super easy dungeons and heroics. Because yeah. I definitely want to be able to have a challenge. Yep, I think they're going in the right direction. Yeah, a challenge that isn't going to require me to be vote-kicking half the group every 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 time we wipe. Because <laughs> yep. they're complete idiots. But that may just be me. And my experiences, your mileage may vary, but likely not going to. <laughs> Save your gift receipts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's do a trivia contest. A trivia contest before we do uh, continue too far much along here. I do want to uh, advise whoever is the winner of this trivia contest. You will email uh, Shade uh, with your number between one and five, and she will uh, respond with your prize. Here's the question. The, uh, the the question is relating to a very old, a very old. Well, I would say old quest, but uh, something that a lot of people haven't experienced in a very long time. I don't think a lot of people go through the uh, the mid level dungeons uh, as they're leveling from one to sixty anymore. Maybe some people mm-hmm. do, but I don't think a lot of people do. do is it is it something that you would have guessed? Me? Yes, Skullnack. Only because I was recently leveling an alt through again, and I was doing taking my time trying to make sure I, I got all the different questing lore done as much as I could, because I was unsure of what was going to stay and what was going to go. And this ends up being one of those quests that doesn't seem to that ended in Aldum, but it wouldn't go any further until the expansion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and now we actually do know what what actually well, we actually don't know what it would have opened them because. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we had a big dragon do it. Yes, yes. Uh, Doom Cookie saying that 
she decided to piece together an artifact while flying. I didn't know you could do that. Hmm. I do know who was the first to answer the correct answer. I have to see if they have, if they're qualified to win. Uh, yeah, they haven't won in uh, almost ten episodes. So very good. Congratulations to Haster, uh, who correctly answered Plates of Uldum. Actually, hold on, Haster was not the first answer. My apologies. Sorry, it's Taharis. Uh, who answered th that first. My apologies. And as well, Taharis has not won ever that I can tell. So, my apologies, Taharis. Congratulations. You congratulations. Are the, uh, you are the winner. Y you pick your number from one to five, send that off to Shade, and she'll give you a response with your prize. Uh, the question for those who are wondering um, was, what Titan artifact originally held the secrets to unlocking the gates of Aldum? Now, this is a tricky question, because... What led to this, you got the the uh, Platinum Discs from Aldemon, the end of Aldemon, mm -hmm. and you took those back to either Thunder Bluff or Iron Forge. When you um, were 45, you got the quest from Iron Forge or Thunder Bluff to go to the Gates of Aldem. When you went there, you put in your plates that said, well, you have plates, but these aren't the right plates for entering Aldem. Um, and this made a lot of people think that... Then what? You know, maybe Aldum's a dungeon. You know, mm -hmm. the next... You know, we had Aldum, or... Uh, so we had Aldemon, and then in Wrath, we had Alduar, and this is the third of the, the Titan Labs, Aldum. And actually, people, a lot of people thought Aldum was going to come first, before uh, before Alduar, but... Now, really, the, the, the placement of it, of it in the... Uh being 45 and you're turning those in saying oh this is it's not available this is not for you you can you're gonna have to wait it really made sense that it would be the next one to, to be out but it wasn't and really now we we now that we can fly which you know is just a side effect of the expansion um they had to open up all of them because there's really no reason they could ex could have kept it locked off and now we know yes. that it's not only a uh, um not only a dungeon which it has actually two dungeons um, but it also has the, uh, the whole zone of Aldum, which is a really awesome zone. Overall, I love the story behind it. The phasing's a bit annoying, as I mentioned on Group Quest uh, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, if you guys want to check that out, that's thegroupquest.com. And that's my Roundtable podcast for anybody who has not been there yet, or has not listened to that yet. And I do recommend anybody who loves to hear more WoW discussion. Uh, we had a really good group this weekend. We had Brigwin, we had Skullnick, Kadistra, and Matt Rossi from WoW Insider. So That was a good time. Let's see here. What else do we have in news? Actually, you know what? We have a, we have a voicemail here. And this is from Daughtry. So let's play that, and uh, we'll respond to that momentarily. All right. Good evening, wonderful hosts of all things that are us. I just wanted to thank you once again for bringing us week after week such an incredibly interesting podcast and to give you a Christmas present. Since I can't get myself over to the west side of the country, nor will a bacon weave make its way through the mail to Shadormi, I decided to give you the gift of song. On the third expector Warcraft Nefarian gave to me Twelve prayer races, eleven greedy goblins, ten balance classes, nine morning torrents, eight brand new dungeons, seven tall druids shifting, six DPS are burning, five old gods, four tears was too much, three new raids, two amazing ghosts, and one great all things as a rough podcast. Keep up the great work. Have a great week. 
Thank you very much, Dodger. That was an uh, unexpected surprise. Thank you very much. Most excellent. <laughs> you'll you, you, Dodger, you'll have to email us the, uh, the the full lyrics to that so we can put those on the, sh in the show notes. Definitely. Uh, Chris Bot says, I imagine he's re he's recording this wearing a top hat, monocle, and holding a teacup with pinky <laughs> finger extended. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Yes. We had more news, I believe. Let me just pull up the right browser window here since I have so many open. Do you PvP at all there, Skullnick? It's been about a year. I, I, I tend to get to the PvPing at the end. It's it's if I run out of things to do, I tend to move on to PvP. Some, but I haven't I haven't done it in, in quite a while. When uh Winter Grasp was not new, I got involved in it. So I'm sure that probably by the time uh March rolls around I'll probably start start PvPing again. And uh, are you are you looking forward to season nine, or are you thinking more season ten for you? I don't think it doesn't really matter to me. I, I, I unfortunately I don't I haven't been in arenas. I haven't been in a in a guild that forms cohesive groups where I've actually been able to, to take part and really build up gear. For me, it's just more of more of the the fun aspect of it. And I queue up randomly. Um, now that they're adding in the the rated battlegrounds. I'm, just, I'm not going to be able to be able to really be part of that unless I really make a change in in uh, getting one of my tunes in a guild where they really focus on that. Well, uh, for anybody who does PvP, there the uh, the new new round of uh, new re new season for arenas and uh, raided battlegrounds has begun. So good luck to you all, and I hope that uh, uh, some of our listeners can come out of it with uh, I'm assuming it's a Twilight Drake of some sort as a prize. I'm not sure what they're what they're doing for the prizes for. Uh, for the top tier of, uh, of PVPers this year, but uh, I'm sure it'll be awesome prizes no matter what. Uh, yeah. speak, speaking of PVP, there, there's been a lot of complaints about the Tolbarad zone. As far as I can tell, defending Tolbarad is a effortless way to win. Yeah. And uh, while Insider, um, it was um, Matt McCurley who wrote this up, he says uh, six six problems with Tolbarad and how to fix them. Uh, first, defending Tolbarad is too easy. Uh, second, the cap mechanics to secure capture points make it too easy to switch. Uh, the towers in Tolbarad that grant extra time to the attackers have no reason to be defended by the defending faction. Tolbarad's victory condition for the attacking faction has created a frustrating environment in light of the mechanics at which play is at, at play in the battleground. Fifth, uh, graveyards are skewed in favor of the defenders. Sixth, lo the losing side in Tolborad receives no Tolborad recommendation for participating in the battle, while winning teams receive three. Oh. And that's that, as far as I can tell from people I've talked to who do do PvP, has led to a very lopsided perspective and uh, method of, of doing Tolborad. Mm -hmm. I've heard the same thing. They, they, as far as I can tell, all, all the defenders have to do is maintain one tower in order to win. While the attackers need to capture everything. Um, so basically, all your defenders have to do is put every single body they have on one tower. Mm -hmm. And basically, turtle. That's all they have to do. That really isn't a really good way to do a... Uh, uh, to do any kind of PvP because if all you have to do is turtle and your your opponents are on a time limit plus they have a lot more they have to do 
that's really not a fair way of doing it for the for the people who are having to attack. Agreed. It's really unfortunate because I, I had high hopes. I, I'm hearing this, of course, uh, third person because I haven't been in there personally. But uh, from what I've read and from what I've heard from uh, some of some of the guildies, I, I'm really disappointed that it's it seems to be as negative as it is. With with each new expansion, I'm hoping for new battlegrounds and something that could be an additional thing that I can try. If you know, go into go into the basin, do that for a while. Um, go into Eye of the Storm, give that a shot for a while, and this would give me another opportunity to try something different. And I know that it's just unfortunate that they don't have the mechanics just right yet. But I guess it's early, and is it is it too late to, to retool this or to try to to alter it somewhat? I guess I guess we'll find out. Yeah, it really, they they do they really need to to do some major fixes to this. I don't think they tested Tolbrad much. Mm -hmm. I think players on the beta were doing more testing of dungeons and raids yes. and and leveling rather than testing of Tolbrad. Um, yep. Because not a lot of players want to test PvP when they're on the beta because it doesn't matter. Okay. And if you're putting that much effort into anything, um, you want it to matter. And PvP does take a lot more effort than say, your average raid. To yep. get anywhere in PvP, you need to be doing a lot of PvP. And it's uh, it's really going to take a lot of work from Blizzard, but they definitely, I think they really need to do it, and I think they realize that. I think they realize these issues, and I think that we will see a, um, a, a, a patch to fix this, mm -hmm. um, I would say within, I would say by the early part of the year. Uh, by maybe middle of January, I think we'll see a, a patch to fix this, or yep. significant hot fixes to how Tolbrad works. Uh, Chris Plant mentions they re retooled Wintergrasp. Wintergrasp, they can retool Tolbrad, and I think Blizzard knows they have to do it. Exactly, and I think even if you go back even before Wintergrasp, there was a lot of initial problems with Alterac Valley when it was released, and I think that they were still tweaking with that months, many months. Uh, beyond its initial release so it's there's nothing wrong with that it just means that they, they tried their best they had an idea of how they thought the mechanics would work and how players would a, a attack and and use the use the environment itself and so they're going to take this back to the drawing board and and retool it and make it work matt mccurley says here uh on his list of things to how to change toll barad uh, he says uh first make the towers worthwhile by changing the victory, victory condition associated with them uh, he says, when all towers are up, the attacking side must capture all three points to win. When all towers are down, the attacking side must capture then hold two points when the timer runs out. Uh, next, by having the towers actually matter in the battle, you force the defending Zerg to break up into groups to defend many positions and the attacking Zerg to break up and capture different points, as their victory condition can change depending on where they, are put, on where they put their forces. Uh, next, change the capping mechanics so cap out at, to cap out at a certain number of people that, that can contribute to the sliding bar. For example, have the number of people who can contri contribute to capping by be 20, so that overkill on that, on that amount means uh, that those people in excess of 20 are wasted by either side of the cap. Instead, those forces would be better elsewhere on the battlefield. This also makes each capped spot more valuable, as they would not change hands so frequently. Lastly, give the player sorry, give the winners of Tolbrad three Tolbrad combinations and the losers one Tolbrad combination. And I think those are really good suggestions on how to fix it. Yep. And I think that you're gonna hear uh if they don't address it, you're gonna hear an outcry from the people who are in the game and specifically look to PvP as their 
their main focus for enjoying Warcraft. You know, some people enjoy the instances, some people enjoy the achievements or leveling, and some people, they really find their joy in the game as PvP. And if this, this isn't corrected, um, where it's it's level and the mechanic is working right, um, they'll probably they're going to hear hear a lot about it. But I'm sure sure they will address it just as as soon as they can. For sure, um, I like I said I, I I heartily believe Blizzard knows that this is an issue. I agree with Doom Quickie. They need to say something about it. They need to address it verbally, um, not just have players assume they they understand there's a problem. Blizzard needs to actually acknowledge it on, in a post that there's an issue here. So the last news post we have for uh, for today is um, another. We're, we're going to end a bit on archaeology. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this post and then also talk a little bit about how archaeology works because a lot of players I've talked to don't really understand how archaeology works. So um, the post here is um, something I don't know if it was a change or something that people realized as they got higher up in content, but archaeologists can use um, something called a um keystone to activate certain zone wide buffs for people in their group depending upon the instance they're in and the, the keystone used uh, for instance in black rock caverns if you use a dwarf rune stone um, you get the dark iron contingency plant which reduces elemental damage done to you by five percent in stone core if you use a dwarf rune stone you get might of the earth in which reduces physical damage taken by five percent uh, Throne of Tides, the Highborn Scroll gives Waters of a Loon, which is a 10% bonus damage against Naga. Something I, th- I think you probably see a lot of in that zone. Oh, yeah. And uh, and, and all of the five-man dungeons do have this. Um, and uh, if you look at uh, wowdigsite.com, you'll find um, a lot more information about archaeology and uh, about the different things you can get uh, uh, for that profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, that is wowdigsite.com. Now, like I said, I did have a lot... Like when I was doing my archaeology today, I had at least a half dozen people message me and ask me questions about archaeology. So I'm going to go from basics to, as I understand, the complex aspects of archaeology. Starting out, in learning it, you have to be level 20. Now, level 20 can basically counts for your first two to three ranks of it um, and then it goes up its usual levels but you do have to be level 20 to learn archaeology once you have the uh, the profession or the, uh, the, the profession you get an ability called surveying now in order to find dig sites for archaeology you zoom out to your continent map so eastern kingdoms Kalimdor, northrend outland you zoom out to those and look for a shovel icon on your map each continent should have four of these at any one time figure out what zone those are on by clicking into the the zone on the map once you click into the zone you'll see a little blob when you get to the zone by flight by riding or however and Chris Pop makes a point archaeology without a mount is extremely painful you could imagine flying is really really helpful for this but you don't have to. You can go from flight point to flight point and ride out to the uh, the different ones if you choose. That is entirely your choice. Now, when you get to the zone, you want to go and stand inside that little blob. Use your surveying ability, and it will pull up a little thing. Uh, it's basically like a little telescope, 
and there'll be a little light at the end of a stick. Um, homing beam. Yeah, basically a homing beacon, homing uh, beacon kind of thing. If it's red, you're far away by relation to the amount of space there can be. If it's a very small dig site, the it, you could be red for two feet. Um, if it's a large one, like there's one in Red Ridge that goes for a very long distance, red can mean from one end of it to the other. Yellow means you're getting closer, and green and blinking means you're probably within three or four steps of it. When you are showing it as a red, it could be a, a in that direction, in that general direction. Like think of it uh, like when you look at sonar or radar. And it's showing, you know, a, a large swath of area. That Imagine that as being the red. When you get closer and you're within yellow, the area it could be in narrows down. And when you're in green, it's pointing in the right, in the exact direction you need to go in order to get to the right um, place. Once you hit the correct spot for your archaeology, using the surveying ability will actually have you dig it up. This will then be an item on the ground. Uh, for dwarven ones, it's a vase. For uh, for troll ones, it's sort of like a tablet type thing. For fossils, it's a little fossil type thing on the ground. And once you get that first one, you can have up to three. It's, it's actually three um, archaeology things per site. And each one can go, can give you between three and six fragments per find. So essentially between nine and 18 fragments per dig site. For putting those together, I will recommend what Shade said last week or the week before. And that is don't solve any puzzles until you hit 100 from actually finding the, the dig sites. Because when you hit 100... Dig sites no longer give you points. Until then, you really close to 100, it may be four or five full dig sites before you get a point. But you will get points up until then, up till you hit 100. My advice is you save up all of your puzzle solves until you hit 100. When you hit 100, solve everything you have. If, you're, if your luck is anything like mine, you'll probably hit cl very close to 200 in archaeology. That's a very good tip. Definitely a very good tip. Um, I really wish I had, because I wasted at least three resolves that give five, you get five archaeology points per resolve, mm -hmm. I believe. But I really wish I had done that. I really wish I had held off and uh, learned those uh, after I'd hit 100, because that really wasted a lot of resolves and the ability to get those from from dig sites you still have to go to the dig sites after you hit 100 but why not maximize the points you get from dig sites until you no longer get those points and then do your resolves instead of wasting those five points that could have been a lot more a lot more fragments Absolutely. i would probably be 200 if i had waited what you can get originally for the most part you'll get grays a lot of your resolves will be grays I don't know exactly the mechanic for finding a rare, like the fossil pet or, mm -hmm. or anything else. Um, I don't know if there's a certain level where you get a certain, say, at some point you actually start getting white items or, or green items. I think it's just a random point where 
Um, the next thing, you know, you, you've solved enough or the random number generator says, okay, instead of giving you your another grade this time, we're going to give you the fossil pet. Now, the fossil pet and the fossil mount only come from fossils. Now, if you can, try and focus mainly on getting fossil ones if those are what you're looking for. If you look up on um, WoW Insider or even on WoWhead, I'm sure they have guides or on the WoW Dig site page here, I'm sure they've got a list of what the different rares you can get are so you can kind of focus on what you're looking for as an item to get. Um, I'm pretty sure, I, I believe it's the Night Elf or Highborn ones that have a, a, a robe that's really nice. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, of, a lot of different things, some really cool things, some really boring things. Like I think uh, Stormy earlier or, the, or yesterday got some wind chimes that were pretty boring by the sounds of it. I, I didn't have I didn't get them myself, but they sounded pretty boring from the, the tooltip. So my advice, again, save all of your all your puzzle solves until you hit 100 mm-hmm. from dig sites. Next, I want to talk about the keystones. We mentioned that you can get use those in dungeons to get a group-wide buff. Well, certain puzzle solves can also allow you to use those keystones to get up to 12 fragments that can be used to solve that puzzle sooner. So basically, when you solve the puzzle, it will say, okay, you've used a keystone, therefore you get... You use the keystone, so therefore you have to use 12 less fragments to solve this puzzle than originally required. Mm-hmm. That is really helpful to have. You'll get a fair bit of those from about 100, but from about 50, like when you hit 50 archaeology onwards, you'll probably you'll get a fair bit of those. Um, I ended up with about 15 when I hit 100, and those are really helpful. Use those whenever you can. Not all puzzles will allow you to use those. And Stormy did say she she noticed that some allowed you to use more than one. So definitely make use of those whenever you can. And if you want to save them for dungeons, you can. But you probably will find that you're better off, better off served going with the using them in your archaeology. I don't know that there's that much else to it. It's just a matter of you're going to be going out and doing a lot of dig sites. But honestly, it's a lot of fun. Have you have you had any? Any good finds, or have you had a lot of fun doing archaeology there, Skolnick? I've had a great, great time. I did a lot right when the uh, expansion dropped. I did um, I leveled up my mining and did some questing, and I, I decided to try archaeology because um, I really wanted to see what it was all about, and I, I, I got addicted really quickly. Um, I haven't touched it in a number of days, but I'm looking forward to doing much more this week. But I, no, I haven't got any rares yet, but I've been trying to, to do some research online to determine is there a certain level or skill level that's going to pull in the rares? So if you're 200 versus 300, is there any any more possibility that you're going to get something? And the answer seems to be no. That the percentage chance is there, but you're always going to have the, the possibility of, of picking it up. But whether you're 200 or 300, your chances are probably greater at 3, but it still exists for, for all levels. But it's just really curious to see how it builds and how they're going to, to, to roll this out. And um, looking at the uh, the WoW Dig site page, uh, it appears that there is a add-on out there. It's called Archie, A-R-C-H-Y. I've not tried it. I am in the process right now of installing it on my computer. And I'll give more information and more uh, thoughts on that next week uh, once I've had a chance to use that. Great. I'll do the same. 
Skolda, do you think that archaeology is really going to help you in your Warcraft less travel, try and find places or, or travel to places that you may not have traveled to very often via having to go look for those, for those different dig sites? Uh, yes, I think that right now I'm I'm rediscovering some of the areas, uh, specifically because I'm being forced to go there. And I, like Stranglethorn Vale, I went to one dig site that I was I thought I knew it very well. I flew to the area and I, and I thought, wow, this is not what was here before. <laughs> so it was it did it did open my eyes to what's out there. Um, in terms of finding some some new places, probably not as much as just the archaeology in and of, in and of itself. I'm, I'm probably going to continue to focus on a couple of the rares. I know today I talked about the the fossil mount, the uh, the raptor fossil mount, and in the event that Blizzard continues to introduce some new rares or items in the game, I'll probably uh, have a couple episodes to discuss some of those and maybe how to find them, if there's any specific areas and dig sites that are, are, are give you better chances. I'll definitely try to report those as I get them. For sure, and uh, we'll definitely talk more about that, uh, more about that profession in future shows. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we are about uh, about done the show here. I, I I did want to talk a bit about about archaeology because I think a lot of people have focused on the zones and all the pretty and stuff that we got, but not a lot of people have really looked into archaeology too much. So I want to kind of give basically a, a basics look at what archaeology is, how to do it, and some sure. tips on what to do when you're when you're leveling that because. For one, I, for one, didn't know that you should uh, wait till 100 to solve puzzles. I was solving them as soon as I had enough for them. So uh, definitely tip. good information to have. And it's the perfect thing that if you're queuing up, queuing up for an instance and you're DPS and you know that you have a, a quite a long wait, you queue up and then you start uh, going to visit some dig sites. It's a great great, uh, great way to spend your time. Yeah, and, and Doom Cookie says that she has a secret sheep farm to show you. Excellent. Cannot wait. Uh, if... if, if Doom Cookie does not have a, uh, a, a passenger mount. I can definitely uh, take you there uh, on my uh, uh, in my rocket. That's for sure. Wonderful. But uh, that's uh, that's me about it for this episode. Uh, for those people who are looking to get a hold of us, please do leave a voicemail for us. Our voicemail number is one seven eight five A T A WOW five. That's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. Please do check us out on iTunes. Please leave us reviews. Let us know what you think about the show. And help us out where, wherever you can with reviews and, and, and ratings as best you possibly can. Your ratings, your reviews help us on iTunes. And maybe we'll get, we'll, we'll get spotlighted sometime. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. If, you all, if you all want to uh, email us, uh, the show email is show at allthingsazeroth.com. My email is medros at allthingsazeroth.com. Shades is shade at allthingsazeroth.com. And Skullnick, your Warcraft less travel at gmail.com, right? Yes, that's right. And uh, for, if you want to email uh, askmoo for, an, uh, for a, a question, that's askmoo42 at gmail.com. Um, if you want to check out our guild, it's the Heroes of Lordaeron, Alliance Sign on Argent Dawn, if you want, and that's US side, uh, sorry. And if you want the Horde side guild, that's Karen's Legacy. If you want an invite to that, I'd recommend uh, messaging Medros on Twitter or on the Alliance side to let me know your two name, and I'll transfer or I'll switch over uh, and invite you. Any member can invite you on that guild in that guild as well, uh, if anybody's on for you. If you want to, uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, do check us out. We have a fan page as well as a group page, and search up Medros Ison. Uh, that's my own personal Twitter. Or my own personal Facebook. Um, if you are on Twitter, go to uh, 
the show Twitter account, All Things As. Um, the Medros account for myself, Shades O Gray. That's Shades O G R E Y for Shade. And Skolnick, you are Skolnick Who, right? Skolnick, Skolnick Who, yes. Awesome. And um, I would say if you guys are on Twitter, you also want to follow the account Dawn Forge, and you'll know in a few weeks what that's all about. Uh, also, the group quest, which is uh, the group the group quest account is just group quest on Twitter. So let's see here. If you have a website and you want hosting for it, I definitely recommend checking out dreamhost.com. They are a great web host. I really stand beside, behind them. Uh, Kirsch Platt, who's in the chat room, also stands beside them. They're a really awesome host. And I do really, really recommend them. Really awesome bandwidth, really awesome support, really awesome web host. Uh, check them out at dreamhost.com and use the code DEATHWING to save $50 off of any account. Skolnick, how can people find you? They can find me at, uh, as you mentioned on Twitter, I'm uh, Skolnick Who. Uh, they can also email me at warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com or you can listen back to the audio archives of the of the episodes at warcraftlesstraveled.com. And uh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely check that out. And, uh, of course, you can listen to Warcraft Let's Travel here. So yes, I want to thank our sponsor, which is, of course, GameTimeZone.com. Really great place to get your WoW Game Time, as well as uh, a number of other games, credits as well, Farmville, any Zynga games you can get there as well. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to thank WowTCGLoot.com, who supply us with all of our loot codes for our trivia contest. That's, again, WowTCGLoot.com. Uh, really great place. I've, I recently purchased through them, and it's a really, really great place to get. So uh, check them out. That's again, wowtcgloot.com. So take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you next time for the next All Things Azeroth, the Shade McCurley Show. This has been a Dwight Walbridge production. Copyright 2010. Questions I have don't have any answers. <laughs>